we're here again and we're going to be giving you another show another interesting show uh for you on kako i want to big up you know the people who make this platform available so that i could keep sharing with you guys i want to pick up digicel digicel around the entire world 30 countries locked in good afternoon good evening hello how are you guys doing i hope you guys having an awesome awesome weekend i just want to you know start off the show a little bit different today because i uh, i normally you know get try and get right into things but i just wanted to you know probably just encourage you guys a little bit you know i know a lot of people are feeling kind of down kind of bummed out still about covid 19 um probably you're stuck inside you can't go out anywhere you're probably on lockdown you have curfew and you're feeling kind of drab you're feeling kind of dry you're feeling kind of old you're feeling kind of stale just want to let you guys know you know what take this moment to reset reinvent yourself recreate do something different learn to cook if you can't cook go live let me tell you i never thought i could cook so in my life those last couple of weeks girlfriend been cooking yes learn to cook um go on youtube do probably start doing youtube probably do something you know try something that you haven't tried before i have a friend actually she's been like doing like um well, I, I call it food decor <laughs> because her plates are decorated. Let me tell you, she's been organizing. Yo, you need to take that up as a job and start, you know, and start promoting yourself. And she's like, I don't know. I'm not a YouTube person. Girlfriend, just do the damn thing, right? Anybody can do it. Just take a moment. And I know you're probably feeling like your spirit is down. I was actually speaking to um, someone who manages artists uh, a couple hours ago, and he was like, you know, some of these artists, they, they're feeling so uh, despondent. They're feeling so um, depressed, you know, about all of this. It's going to take a while for everything to get back up. Prepare yourselves for when it gets back up. We don't know when it's going to happen, but prepare yourself for when it does and, and make plans and do different things. I personally have been working on me and I hope that you've been working on you. And if you're not working on you, you still got some time to start working on yourself. All right, guys. So thanks again to all those of you who are locked in. Just let me know if you're if you're hearing me because uh, normally people are already like commenting and stuff. But I mean, I see nothing. Okay, I see Sophia is there. Okay, so tell me if you're on. If you're on. If you're locked in, just send me a little message. Let me know, Jill. I can see you, or let me know what color lipstick I wear in something. You know, someone of the trip this year there. You know, and uh, you're locked in, and I see people are sharing. Thank you guys for sharing really appreciate you guys sharing i love that you can share oh i want to big up the people in the dominica foods group you know there's some folks who are locked in in the dominica foods group guys i would not be able to see all your comments but i promise you once i do i will shout you guys out people are locked in and they're commenting kendra big up to yourself uh kendra um benjamin and the rest of the folks who are tuned in you heard at the beginning, Asha Thomas, one called Fed Till the End. You can go on YouTube. It's available on all um, platforms to download and enjoy that new one from Asha Thomas. Got a guest here. She's ready. She's sitting in the lobby. She all done up and dolled up and, and looking all fly and ting and ting, according to um, Buttercup, a pink, looking at pink pilling. And we're ready for another Kako Tea show here um for you guys i just want to you know let you guys know a little bit how i know my guests um i didn't meet know her until she was introduced to me by someone 
and I don't think she even knows that how I kind of connected with her, but somebody shared her Instagram story with me, which is how I've met a lot of people lately. I've been meeting like a lot of people. And let me tell you, a lot of real good people I've been meeting up. I didn't think that this COVID-19 would have done all of this. But anyways, I, I connected with her on Instagram. And, you know, just following her and taking, looking at her stuff and whatever. And um, she is Dominican, um, based in, in New York, and she's a poet. So, you know, I said to her, hey, um, a friend of mine told me, uh, actually, one of my former classmates, we were, we were high school um, classmates, um, told me, you know, about your stuff. And, you know, I'd be interested in, in, in getting to know a little bit about what you do and stuff. And she is a poet. And you could say, oh, a poet. Like, she, everybody's a poet. But there is a reason behind why she went into poetry. And we're going to learn a little bit about that in just a little bit, why she decided to go into poetry. That's not the only thing she does. Interesting story. I hope you guys have your tissue boxes ready, because I do. I suspect I'm going to be like, like, let me tell you, my sister taught me this new thing, though. If you look in on Flick, for those of you who are not wearing makeup right now, if you're going to start crying, just like do this so that the tears go forward, you know? So that's the plan if I just start crying. um, I kind of just waiting for that because just reading her story and getting to know a little bit about her, it kind of makes me a bit emotional. Um, But we're going to get her on and we have Ashel Senville is here with us. She's originally from La Plaine in Dominica. She's joining us from New York City, and uh, we're going to be getting to, to meet with her in just a little bit. I want to say Hi, Ashella. Hi. Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. You look nice. Thank you. You too. I love your lipstick. Thank you. It's called Show Stuff. Is it by Mac? No, it's actually by Stuff. You know me, I'm like, I, I represent my Caribbean sorry. Like, <laughs> wearing their, their, their setting powder. And but I'm, I'm getting a little feedback. I don't know if you have people calling somewhere else. Is somebody listening to the show elsewhere? I'm getting feedback from, from what I'm, like I'm hearing myself through your, through your, okay. I think you just went down a little bit. Yes, yes. You're okay. okay. I see, um, that's fine. I'll hold it. Okay, cool. So, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I was a little bit nervous, but your introduction definitely calmed me down a lot. Really? <laughs> I don't know the vibe. Oh, you know, I told you, I'm not going to worry about like. It's just me, I know. We don't really know each other, but you know, we're gonna get to know each other. And You're a natural, so I feel comfortable. Oh, thank you very much. And thank you very much for being on the show with me. First of all, I before I get into you or your life or what you do. Um, you're currently in New York City, and I mean everybody's dealing with COVID nineteen, but New York seems to be like a hot spot, like a yes. hot zone for COVID-19. How are you doing right now with COVID-19? So I am an essential worker, which is good and bad. I am happy that I'm still working, but it's, um, you know, it's challenging. I have to do the subway every day. So far, my work has been, you know, really trying their best to make sure that we're safe. And I work with a group of really great people. So I'm kind of happy and comfortable every day. So I would say that 
considering the circumstances, I'm doing very well for now. And I hope it continues like this until this is over. But yeah. New York is definitely a little scary right now. What is, what is scary about it? Because New York is like, it's the city that never sleeps. So it's always like something going on. Everybody's always out. It's always busy and crowded. And now it's like kind of like a ghost town. And it's like a little depressing to see that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like not the New York that we know. So, But you're doing okay. Otherwise. Yes, I'm doing good. Good, good. When I get straight into it, um, first of all, I like to ask every single one of my guests, you know, who are you? Oh my. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many ways to answer that question, but um, I think what I like to say about myself, um, well, my name is Ashelle. Everyone knows that by now. I am a writer. I specifically, I write poetry. Um, and I'm also a mental health advocate. I consider myself to be a bit introverted, but I also, you know, like to speak to people and engage and meet new people. And, you know, my passion is basically using my writing to speak about mental health. Nice, nice. Um, so you, you, you talk about mental health and your writing and all of that, but I want to speak about with trying to find out how did you get to where you are today, to New York. Um, tell me a little bit about um, my backstory. <laughs> okay, um, let's see. So, I mean, I was born and raised in Dominica. I went to high school and college back home. And then after college, I went to university at Grambling State, which is in Louisiana, most people may have heard of it. A lot of Dominicans go there. Um, I studied in biology. And after graduating, I moved to New York. And I've been in New York for the past two and a half years. I work in the pharmacy. I'm a technician at the pharmacy. And, you know, that's what I do, like, as a nine-to-five. And then on the side, I do, like, writing and advocating and, you know, other extracurricular things that align with my interests. Okay. Um, you you just recently um released a a, a book, a, well, a book of poems. Um, but and in that book or in your bio, you make reference to having childhood trauma. You want to share with us a little bit about what childhood trauma you're referring to? Okay. So for me, um. I think I had two major um, traumatic experiences as a child. One of them is that I had an experience of being sexual, sexually abused by someone who was very close to me. And it was for an extended period of time. And that was, you know, something that I consider very traumatic that kind of like affected me more in my adult years, years after it happened than it did when it actually happened years ago. And the other traumatic experience I had as a child was, you know, my brother, my older brother, who was like my best friend, and we're almost the same age. He struggled with mental illness at a young age. And it's um it's something that happened for an extended period of time as well. And I had to live through it. And it was a very difficult period and like caused a lot of anxiety for me. And those two experiences is something that I 
consistently have to deal with the implications of as an adult? Okay, Let, let's go back. Go back. You said like a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, you were you were sexually abused by someone who was very close to you, and we're not gonna go into who that someone is. Mm -hmm. um, because I know who that someone is. Um, but you you said that it, it happened to you for an extended period of time. How long were you sexually abused with this person? Okay, so I think first I want to... I don't want to go into too many details, but I do want to just... Um, say that sexual abuse as most people know at, at this time it's you know it's not just it's consists of a variety of different forms so i won't go into detail of what i experienced but i would say it happened um maybe oh, i would say exactly. how many years maybe it started off like i would say at a period maybe five years it started small and then progressively got worse because it was something that I pushed under the rug and you know it happened but I just like kind of ignored it and ignored it and it's like when you ignore something like that and when you don't speak up on it the your 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 um the person becomes more confident you know they start doing new things because it's like so I did this and you're okay with it so let me let me do something else let me do something else you know and it ended when I actually moved away. So it was, I would say, maybe a period of three to five years. Wow. So you, you had to go endure all of this. Did you, did you open up to anybody about it? Did you tell anybody that you were going to do that? So one time I did. But you could tell, because I know you don't have to tell me who you opened up to, but yeah, yeah. to somebody. One time I did open up and I was shut down. And I think after that moment, I I think at that moment when I opened up about it, when I opened up about it and like I was shut down, I just was like, you know, maybe maybe this is not a big deal. Maybe I shouldn't speak on it. Maybe I can handle it. You know, it could be worse. That's how I felt. So I just let it go and I kind of just found ways to cope with it on my own. So I think that was, and then after that, after that moment of being shut down, I you didn't open up about it again because I was so ashamed. You say shut down. So like, I said what happened mm -hmm. and I was told, are you sure? Or are you just making it up? And then I was like, why would I make it up? And then there was like silence and we never had that conversation again. And then I was like, I felt ashamed in that moment because honestly, when somebody questions the credibility of your story, you start to even question the credibility of your own story. You think like, am I, am I overreacting? You know, is, should I even talk about this? And I think as a victim, there's, there's so much shame associated with the experience. It's just opening up and being shut down. That makes you never want to talk about it again, especially depending on who shuts you down, you know? And in my experience, it was somebody that was really close to me that shut me down. So it definitely just caused me to just completely not talk about that experience until maybe like two to three years ago. 
Okay. So you, you have to deal with that trouble Then you have to deal with your brother having periods of mental illness. How was that life living with your brother who was suffering through mental illness? I cannot hear you. I don't know. I don't know what just happened. I don't know. Let me just. Okay. Okay. I can hear you now. Better? Yes. Um, we have a little technical. All right. So you mentioned um, your brother having um, mental health um, issues. What was that like in the house for you? It was extremely scary. Extremely scary. Because I think the main reason it was so scary is because of lack of understanding of what was going on. There were so many different opinions, so many different stories. You know, like what, what it's like to to be in like a, a an area where everybody knows everybody and it's like everybody has an opinion, everybody has something to say. And it was like my mom was, she wasn't sure, you know, what was going on. It was so many different opinions. And it was a lot of nights that we would be home, you know, and my brother would not be there. And we would kind of like stay up all night so expecting a phone call at a late hour or something happening, some emergency, some so it was like very, very nerve-wracking experience, to be honest. And it it was it happened for so long and nobody ever like you know, there's no such thing as like, oh, let's talk to the family, let's counsel the family, let's see how the kids are, are doing. We just had to just live through that experience and pretend that that was not something traumatic. And for me, it was very traumatic because that was my brother, you know, my best friend for years. And seeing something like that happen to him, it was scary. I didn't understand it. And I felt like maybe it would happen to me as well. I was very, very afraid. And that caused me to have a lot of anxiety. Like I used to wake up every morning and I would think like, oh, is, is today the day that I'm going to, is going to happen to me? You know, so it's I um I felt like the fact that nobody spoke to me about that experience and nobody kind of guided me through it, it made it even more traumatic. What were some of the things the people in your community said? No, I can't hear. I I don't know why we're having issues with the audio. We seem to be having issues with the audio. Um, I don't know. Yes, I can hear you now, but it, it's going in and out. Like, okay. Your, and your camera can be speaking a little bit too. I don't know if my might be. I'm going to try to like position it. Is it better? Guys, can you guys hear us okay? Is the connection all right? Um, let me know if you're, some people are saying we're hearing, you're, uh, okay, I'm hearing, hearing, we're hearing. The cafeteria, and I used to make excuses of why I wasn't going there. Sometimes I used to, like, not eat, because every time I go to the cafeteria, I would just have, like, extreme panic, you know, and at that time, I started considering maybe seeing a school counselor, but just from my experience back home, and, like, you know, like, there's this negative connotation with 
seeing a counselor, you know, you feel like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> so well, I feel like, like you know, and it's normally, oh, you're crazy. Like, well, why you, you have crazy? you have problems. Yeah. And, you know, we have that negative label to people going through bad experiences. Suddenly, it's like they, you know, people don't have an open mind. You know, so I I was wary of going to a counselor because I feel like I felt like um. I don't know. I didn't want to be labeled. I didn't want to be that girl. I don't know. It took me a long time. I had to graduate college. And when I moved to New York, it got worse. Because New York, oh my God, my first year in New York, I was suffering. And people were starting to see my anxiety. My fear of heights got so bad, I couldn't go to any rooftops. Whenever I went to rooftops, I had panic attacks to the point where I would be, because I'm afraid of heights. I'm like, the fear of heights plus my anxiety, it used to get so bad, I would sweat, I couldn't talk, I had to leave the location. At that point, I was like, you know what, I need to, I need to take care of myself. So I went and I started looking into therapists. And, you know, when I started seeing the therapist, I started telling her about my experiences. I was a little bit embarrassed at first. I'm like, I know this sounds weird, but like, this is what happens to me. Have you heard of this before? <laughs> And then she was like, this is normal. I was like, are you sure this is normal? And then like, I, we just started talking through everything and I started unloading all of my experiences and all of my feelings and emotions. And, you know, I just, the more I talked about it, the better I felt. And I think the turning point was me seeing a therapist from there, you know, I was like, I write, I, I want to talk about these things and I want to connect with people with similar experiences. So I started my page. I actually used the name Sabrina J because I wanted to be anonymous again, because I didn't want people from back home to see me and think, oh, what's going on with her? So I started an anonymous page and I was reaching out to people like from all over the world and they were just sharing their experiences with me, you know, people from all walks of life, you know, just, and I'm like, this is so common. This is so so many people have this experience, this struggle. Why, why was I so ashamed to talk about my experience? And I think that's what led to me opening up about it. You know, it's funny you say that, um, but it's I feel also sometimes it's not even just shame. It's sometimes you don't even understand what's going on with you. Yeah, like you don't even know where to. Because I suffer from panic attacks, and I never, I never imagined like. Sorry to say, I used to, I used to when people, when, when my, especially my Caucasian friends, when they would t say, oh, they, I, oh, I had a uh, panic attack. I was like, oh, those white people. You know, that, that's, how I, that's how I responded to it. I was like, oh, panic attack is for white people, you know, until it happened to me. And I, I could not, and I did not understand what it was until a doctor said, you had a panic attack. And I was right. like, I did? Like, for real? Like, you couldn't, and then, and, and I think another thing about it is that because it doesn't always happen the same way, you sometimes don't understand that that's what it is. Yeah. Because one time you could feel your chest tightening. The next time you could feel like you're out of breath. The next time you could just feel like everything's spinning around. Like there's so many different feelings that you get during that time. It's very hard to kind of process it. But you got to seeing a therapist and you were able to offload and be able to tell that person about what you were going through. Now, why are you talking about it now openly? Why do you feel that now is the time that you could speak about it and no longer be anonymous Sabrina J? <laughs> 
So I think the, as you said, I, you made a good point about the understanding. My increase in understanding of what I was experiencing kind of took away all the shame that I felt because it's like, this is no longer some scary thing that I, I don't know what it is. You know, I understand it. And I feel like if I can make other people understand it as well, I feel like I could help a lot of people because mm -hmm. a lot of people experience the same emotions that I experienced. And a lot of people don't even know where to start with finding a way out or untangling themselves from that. And I feel like, you know, people don't really like it's a mental illness, but let's just say mental challenges or let's put it like that, you know, it's something that impacts so many aspects of our lives. And life is so much better when you find yourself in a good place mentally. You know, your relationships are better, your work is better, your your self-awareness is, is so much better when you take care of the issues that you might be having. I think it's important for people to open up about their experiences, seek help and just get to a better place. Your life will be much better. And the thing is, when you own your story, nobody can use it against you. When you, when you say whatever you wanna say, when you put it out there, that's it. Nobody can make you feel bad about it. Nobody can whisper about it. It is what it is. I said it. So what are, what are you going to say? You know, I felt so, so ashamed to say some of the things that I say now openly. It's like, I was a victim. I didn't ask for it. I didn't do anything to deserve it. It happened to me and I have a right to speak about it and I have a right to, to heal from it. And nobody can take that right away from me. And a lot of people are still in that place where they feel ashamed and, and you shouldn't be, you know, yeah. do and what you need to do to get better. And I sense that you're talking a little bit about the sexual abuse that you, that you endured as a child um, because you were made or you were told that you should not be speaking about it. Um, yeah. That you speak about. And that is a lot of um, something that happens quite frequently in our culture, not just as Dominicans, but as West Indians, as Caribbean people, as black people. We tend to feel like uh, we tend to make the victim feel that they're the they're the cause of the problem, um, and and that is something that I hope that this discussion can can still change um, because it's not your fault. You were five when it started. Like <laughs> all, all that, like you did not put yourself out there for that. That's not what you were created. For somebody took advantage of you. So why is it that you cannot speak about it? Or why is it that because that person might more than likely go on to, to do the keep doing the same thing? Someone else. Right? And and that is what happens. Um, it repeats itself, it repeats itself consistently, and nothing gets done about it. And you know, I've had a few discussions on um on this topic on sexual abuse and people who've actually gone through so i've had a few guests who actually, who've actually been um sexually abused and it's so it's always the same story every single time that i didn't really get to say anything or that person's still living their best life and that person probably still destroying somebody else you know and and it's like life continues you know and 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 not that life should continue but i feel like you should be able to 
speak up and have the support that you need in order to tell your story because it's your story it happened to you and you didn't you didn't ask for this, this to happen yeah, there should be no shame you know in, in talking about your story a lot of times you know sexual abuse happens with somebody that is close to you you know it's a family member and you know you feel like speaking up might disrupt your family structure you know and a lot of people have these old school values of you know they want to protect their husband they want to protect their boyfriend you know you have to understand that you can you should never put anybody above your child above yourself you know if somebody's hurting your you or your child regardless of what that person is doing for you financially or in whatever way you have to protect your child because you not protecting your child is not only allowing them to be hurt in that moment but that hurt is carried with them throughout their life and that hurt comes back when they start building their own relationships when they start building their own families it doesn't go away you cannot just push something under the table and think oh it happened but you know what move on with your life feel better you'll be fine no it comes back that hurt that diminishing of that person's experience it comes back and i've had the experience where i found myself you know diminishing my voice and diminishing things that hurt me because i've, I've just got so used to it i still got so used to putting the needs of other people before my own I wasn't able to articulate when people were hurting me and you know that's when you see people started getting into abusive relationships and it just has i mean we're not going to get too much into that but it just has so many implications and it's important for people to understand that allow people to tell their stories whether it might not be this sexual abuse might not be so serious in your opinion but allow people to tell their stories allow people to feel their hurt and to share their pain and also show up for people. If somebody tells you something happens to them, do not try to, to question the credibility. Nobody's just going to, some people have done it and that's shameful, but most women are not just gonna come out or men too, not just going to say somebody sexually abused them. You know, Don't try to question the credibility of someone's story. Give them a space to share. I, I wanna go story. to some of the, Definitely. Yeah. I want to go through some of what um, the comments that are coming through. Uh, Tamara Robinson is saying, so true, it lives with you as a victim. I know. Um, Maya Bopier says, words destroy their life. Um, people are sharing, they're really showing support. Eh? Um, Janelle Stedman is saying, this is so eye-opening, learning more, own my own story. Very strong. Um, oh, these are all have... from my village, <laughs> from Laughlin. <laughs> Maya yeah, they're, they're... and Janelle. They're here for you. They're here for you. So people are showing up. Hey. They're definitely showing up <laughs> for you uh, from your community um, and, and and showing you showing you love and letting you know that there there a lot of times you know we don't know what's going on in 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 people's lives or in people's households or in people's in people's communities, and we just assume that when people react certain way where they act up certain way that it's oh oh the, the person, oh she just she just flighty. You know, or they, they they use this term so so loosely. Now you've just um, released a book which is available. Well, not just, but you released a book of poems which is available on Amazon. Um, I think last time we spoke, you were um, in the process of putting it as an ebook, 
but it is available on Amazon um, for purchasing, and it's called To Those Who Find Themselves Lost. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that book and what inspired it? Okay, so in that book, I it kind of takes you through your journey. I talk about a little bit, it's, um, I talk a little bit about my childhood trauma. I talk of, you know, about a lot of things. I talk about sexual abuse, but not just that. I speak about my relationship with my parents, with my brothers, things that I observed, you know, things that I felt. And then I go into talking about, you know, kind of like in the moment, in the present time when I was writing the book, which was in 2018, where I was in terms of relationship, in terms of mental health, in terms of feeling feelings of failure, feelings of jealousy. I speak on a lot of emotions that I was experiencing at that time in my life, which is when I just graduated college and I had, I moved to New York, I was looking for a job. I, I was feeling a bit down. And I think when I started therapy as well, so I was talking, I speak a lot about that experience. And then in the end, it's a lot of poems that kind of like have more of a positive note. I speak, you know, about being in love, I speak about, you know, um, finding healing, doing therapy, finding myself. And it just kind of takes you through a journey from trauma to healing. And the healing, it's not done. I'm still in the process. You know, I'm still going through it. I'm still finding out things about myself, learning how to love myself more. But that book, you know, is very personal. And a lot of the poems are, are very raw and you know, just really genuinely coming from my heart. And I hope that people read it and really understand what I'm saying. And I I hope that it helps them to to open up about their own experiences and maybe to seek help if they need it and feel free, you know. There's no need to to feel ashamed of anything that you go through. We all go through it from people that you consider successful, beautiful, everything that you might want to be. They have terrible experiences as well. Everyone has good and bad aspects of their life. Nobody's perfect. So, you know, that's what I want to convey in my book. You know, we all go through it and we can grow through it. That is, um, that is fantastic that you found the strength to actually put your emotions and your feelings on paper um, because you are, when you do that, you're constantly relieving it. You know, it's 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 like it's always gonna be there. You see, you know, um. So, so that takes a lot of strength. So you have come a long way in terms of your your healing. What? Why would you tell someone that they need to do therapy? Why would you encourage someone to do therapy? I think for that question, I'll say just one thing. A lot of people. And sometimes we don't have the luxury of therapy, but a lot of times we carry a lot of things in our heart that's very heavy. And we generally vent to friends and to family. And sometimes that's not always the most effective way. Because first of all, they're not qualified. Sometimes they cannot even give you good advice. Sometimes they themselves are not in a space where they can handle that heaviness. A therapist is a qualified professional. They are not going to tell you, oh, but hold on, that happened to me too. I know. And suddenly they've diminished your story. They listen. They're going to sit and listen to you. They're going to give you space to talk. They're not going to judge you. They're not going to spread your business. It's a safe space to just share your experience. And to me, it's very therapeutic. 
And you don't have to be going through something difficult to see a therapist, you know? You don't have to have mental illness to see a therapist. You can just be going through a transition. You can be in a period of indecision and you just need somebody that's gonna listen. And for me, it has been extremely helpful. And I would encourage anyone who can afford it and who has the opportunity to do it, do it. You're getting married, you're, you're moving away. It's a good time to, to share your emotions and just like get someone to listen to you. It helps, it really Definitely. does. Definitely, I, I, I must say, I, I completely agree. And I, I, with what you're saying, um, a, a friend of mine once said to me um, that the first thing he looks to taking care of is his mental health. You know, because we, we tend to think about everything else. You want to be financially successful. You want to you wanna have the best clothes. You probably want to be physically fit, looking on flick. But your mental health is not because you have all of these things that you're dealing with that or you don't know how to deal with and you don't realize hey you know there's a doctor for that you know <laughs> like just like there's a doctor to make your teeth look curly white there's a doctor to get your head right <laughs> you know? and if yeah, go ahead. you can have all of those things have great job great relationship you will not enjoy any of those things until you make yourself happy and happiness a lot of us suffer from destination happiness and i'm telling you i struggle with it too i used to think oh i'm not happy now but i know when i get to do my degree when i go back to grad school when i get a good relationship when i get a good job that's when i'm going to be happy no you can be happy where you are you don't need to achieve any of those things to be happy because when you're happy all of that is going to come because you're going to be your best self Happiness should be wherever you are. Oh, I love whether you are unemployed, whether you're employed, whether you rich, poor. Happiness is internal, and people that are rich doing better than you may not be as happy as you, and they might be looking at you and wishing that they could be like that. Mm -hmm. So I, I love what you said about being your best self. You know, and I want to encourage folks, guys, share the live. Make sure you share in the link. Let folks know um something seems to be going on with um seeing the conversations that are going on in the in, in the in the in the back end i need to see them i'm gonna uh, check <laughs> uh, but they, they're appearing on facebook so i'm able to connect and, and still see that um beverly lawrence says amen your mental health is your best health um adara is saying very valid uh delani said is saying i agree peace of mind is the most valuable thing um a lot of are, are, are communicating and, and destination happiness somebody saying is a trick and happiness should be wherever you are hashtag juicy <laughs> uh, so a lot of are, are commenting and we're i'm really appreciative of having you on the show here today to share with us I thank you for having me jail you're most welcome i, I want to just reiterate the importance of this downtime when a lot of us are in our own thoughts by our own selves, some people are alone um, because you're in self-isolation, alone without your family or, or without anybody else with you. Um, and take this time to, to, be, to be better, you know, I've been, I've been you. Um, one of the things, one of the ways you can do that is by reading. And your book is available on Amazon and it's simple, yeah. quick, away, 
So you can definitely, um, I encourage folks to go out there. I, it, it's called um, those who to those who find themselves lost, right? So and if you're go ahead, go ahead. If you're back home and you don't want to, or some people live in other countries as well, I am working on the ebook. I've had some formatting issues, that's why I haven't released it, but I fixed it today, so it should be out within the next two days. So you can actually order the Kindle version, which is like, you can read it online, which might be much more convenient for most people. Um, thank you for those who've supported so far and you can feel free to like share your opinion on the reviews on Amazon. And thank you for having me, JL, once again. Thank you. I'm really happy I got to talk thank to you. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much for coming on and I really I think you have a beautiful story. I think a lot of young people, you're a young woman and you it's good to know when young people can just like know themselves, like you just know yourself, you know, and, and it took a process. And I, I you know, I always encourage folks, yo, find yourself when you know yourself and and you can be your 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 own self, you know. Nobody else is telling your story about you. Right, and and I really appreciate you coming on, and I wish you all the best with your um with this book. I want to encourage folks to show support and go out there and get the book. It's on Amazon, and like she said, in a couple of days it would be an ebook, um, also available for you. Ashel, it was a pleasure having you on here with me on the show, Faculty. I want to wish you all the best in your future endeavors. I'm sure you're probably going to go back to graduate school soon, but that's gonna but that'll be another story. But Congratulations to you on yes. your book and, and all the <laughs> Take care. Thank you, JL. Thank You're you, everyone, for tuning in. Bye. Bye.